This season of The Wedding Digest is brought to you by Wedbooker, the only place to find and book your dream wedding venue and suppliers online. Go to wedbooker.com. Hi guys, thanks for tuning in to another episode of The Wedding Digest. I'm Lucy, a presenter and producer, and I'm joined by my fabulous co-host, wedding planner, Ali. Hey guys. So today on the pod, we're going to be discussing elopements inspired by our guest last week, The Bachelor star, Tara Pavlovic. Yeah. Now Tara, she had to postpone her wedding from April to September due to COVID, but with her wedding in Queensland and her family and friends all based in New South Wales, there's a high probability the state borders will still be closed in a few weeks time, which as Tara said, means her family and friends won't be able to attend her big day. We have everything crossed that that's not the case, but if it is, Tara and her fiance Nick have made the decision to elope instead of postponing their wedding for a second time. There are so many couples who are in the similar position and they have decided to proceed with a more intimate wedding and plan a big celebration for when life goes back to normal. It's because of that we decided on today's podcast that we would focus on elopements, where to start, how to go about it, what you need. So we do hope you find this helpful if it's something that you're considering. Okay, Ali, so let's start with what is an elopement? An elopement often refers to a marriage that takes place really quickly or maybe without too many people knowing about it. So this is probably why now with the current climate, so many people are talking about elopements and referring to them as weddings with minimal guests. So I think if you were going to be eloping with you know, 10 or 15 people are at the moment that wouldn't previously have been classified as an elopement, but look, we're changing things and you can define it as you wish. There really is no set definition, but I think if you are actually running away to get married or getting married really quickly or in a secretive fashion, you're eloping. And I think that's so amazing. But as you say, like in this current climate with COVID, uh, eloping is something a lot of couples are talking about if they don't want to wait and have to postpone their wedding to next year because they can't have the number of people that they want or the kind of wedding they want with the dance floor and singing and that sort of thing. So if they're not willing to wait, then it's like, well, let's elope tie the knot uh, with minimal people and celebrate later. Yeah, definitely. And I think that if that's what an elopement is to you, if you had a wedding planned with hundreds of people and now you've only got 10 or 20, then that's an elopement. From that perspective, if someone was in a similar position to Tara where they have a full wedding planned, everything booked, a huge guest list, but decided it's not going to be how they want it to be or people, a lot of their guests can't actually attend the wedding anymore and they do decide to downsize, how do you go about downsizing from a full wedding to Mm. a a small wedding. Yeah. Look, and you're so right. I mean, when Tara was talking about possibly having to switch to an elopement when we were speaking to her last week, I think the wedding planner and the event planner in me really felt for her because I know how, firstly, that can be a little bit heartbreaking. You still get to marry the love of your life, which is beautiful, and that's really what the wedding is about. But when you've planned a full wedding and then you're turning it into an elopement or a small wedding or an intimate ceremony, whatever you want to call it, it's really challenging. Um, I think the first challenge is the emotional one, letting go of that big wedding dream. But then maybe look at what elements of that big wedding you still want to keep for the elopement and there are no rules about what you have to have or what you can't have. Um, I know Tara absolutely loved her over-the-top huge dress um, that we cannot wait to see. All about deciding which elements of your full-size wedding or your previous wedding you still really want to keep and then move into the elopement um, and which supplies you take with you. So, you're likely to be 
getting your hair and makeup done. So definitely chat to your glam squad and make sure you hold on to them. If you're going for a new date with the elopement, let them know and make sure they're available. You might still want to carry some flowers down the aisle. Um, you might still want a floral arch or some sort of floral feature. You may still be having an aisle or, you know, a mini ceremony, or you might just be heading down to city hall, as we call it, with your partner and two witnesses to sign in a really intimate sort of legal setting. So it's deciding what that elopement looks like for you and what you can emotionally handle and what will make you feel the best. You then need to decide yeah. who else will be joining you at the elopement. Um, if you're having a full wedding, it's likely that you had a lot more people there and this may be the reason you're now looking at eloping because unfortunately in the current climate, we're not able to have quite as many people at a wedding or the same dance floors that we had previously seen. So if it is just the two of you and say, you know, four, five, six close friends or family that are going, you know, what sort of setting do you need for them? Or are you going to um, have an elopement and then have a big celebratory dinner or drinks and, you know, maybe meet up with more guests after the formalities are over? And what does that look like? Um, and where do you want to do that? Um, you should also let your guests know of the change of plans with as much notice as possible. So some of your guests who might be traveling from overseas for your current wedding will be possibly stressing out if they can't get here and will definitely stressing out if they're coming from overseas. And if they're from interstate, are they quarantining? Can they come? Will they let you down? All those things. So if you are leaning towards an elopement, I would be letting your guests know um, sooner rather than later as well, just to take the stress off them. So how do you communicate that kind of message to your guests? Is there, is there a best way to do Oh, look, this is never an easy way, but I think the current climate um, really means that your guests are likely to understand. And as I said, they might even feel a sense of relief if they're interstate and they were worried about trying to get down to come to your wedding and you send them a message saying, hey guys, we'd love to have you there. And because we can't have you there, we've decided an elopement is going to be best for us. They'll probably feel relieved and they'll be really happy for you as well. Now, if you're eloped without COVID, so COVID completely inside, and you have just decided that an elopement is the best thing for you and your partner, then maybe just don't tell anyone and really make it a surprise. Go back to that traditional elopement where no one knows about it. You just run away and you get married and you come back and you go, hey guys, we got married. Here are some photos and we absolutely loved it. And then maybe have a big party or a big celebration after with everyone you would have loved to have had there that weren't at the elopement. So once you sort of communicate with your, your guests that, that now it, the wedding is looking a lot different to what you had planned and you've also decided which suppliers you want to keep, what about cancelling your other suppliers or perhaps if you had booked a larger venue which now uh, you won't need, how do you go about cancelling those suppliers and venue and, and what's the process? Yeah, look, that's such a good question because I think so many couples will be in the position where if they are now looking at eloping, they'll have a big, beautiful venue that they may not lo may no longer need. Um, that doesn't mean you can't still use use that venue if you don't want if you want to. So if you have an amazing venue booked and you're willing to still pay those same fees and you want to have an elopement there with you know ten people and, and an amazing dinner, then go for it. As I said, there are no rules here. But if you are looking to get as many deposits back as you can um, and reduce the costs as a part of this exercise size because the wedding is going to be a lot smaller. It's really similar to cancelling or propose, postponing for any other reason. So it really depends on the deposits you've paid um, and your suppliers, T's and C's. Now, I wouldn't be expecting to get all of your deposits back, but read through the T's and C's in the contracts that you have signed. If you haven't signed a contract, then just reach out to each supplier and ask them what their cancellation policy 
years and if they're willing to allow you to cancel or postpone or um, refund your deposit. I think the sooner you make this call, the better um, and the more likely you are to be able to maybe negotiate with all your amazing suppliers and possibly um, have those deposits returned or use those deposits in another way. If you're locked into mm-hmm. deposits, um, maybe try and find a way to use them in the future. So, look, if you've got a band locked in and you really love them, you've chosen them for your wedding day, so guaranteed you love these guys, maybe try and put them on hold for a big party for a one-year anniversary because you might want to have a big celebration with everyone in a year's time when hopefully um, all COVID has gone away. So use the band then. If you're already paying for them, you may as well try and hold on to or get value from those payments. Um, Maybe if your venue has a restaurant in it, ask them if you can have a dinner for two or a dinner for four um, and go there after your um, elopement and have dinner. And they can just take that out of the deposit you've already paid them. So you're still getting a little bit of value from the money you've given them. I think also, if you are deciding that your venue is too large and uh, with your smaller uh, elopement style wedding, that venue is no longer going to suit, but you also aren't able to get the deposit back because of whatever's in your contract, then um, you can always do the similar to what you would do with your band and, and pick another date next year and book the venue for, you know, your celebration or your big party. And I think we'll see some of that next year too. I mean, so many beautiful couples have venues booked and they weren't able to use them. Um, and I actually know a few that are going to use them for their one year anniversary parties. So I think next year we'll really see a change in the environment for weddings. And it won't just be weddings, but will actually be some anniversary parties and big celebrations happening next year in place of a wedding that would have been. When we talk about eloping and downsizing your big wedding to just something more intimate so you can sign that document, you can be Mr. and Mrs. What are the minimum number of people you'll need in that room to make Mm it a legal marriage? Yeah, this is a super simple one. So it's actually just a legal celebrant. Um, So they will do all of the formalities for you. They'll usually apply for your marriage license or your license to marry for you. And then two witnesses. So those witnesses don't need to have um, any legalities behind them. They just need to be two friends, two families that, that know you well, that can sign as witnesses on your behalf. So there's only three people needed if you want to keep it really simple. And I guess everyone else is just a bonus. Three people plus the bride and groom, obviously. So five in total. (laughs) (laughs) And what about costs? Like what are the costs associated with eloping? Look, costs can really vary depending on the size of your elopement, where you're having it, um, time of year and all those different elements. Kind of similar to when you're looking at a wedding. If someone says, how much does a wedding cost? It's not an easy thing to answer because it's very variable depending on what your elopement looks like. But look, if you're wanting to just get get the marriage certificate, um, have a celebrant there um, to marry the two of you, then you're only looking at around five hundred, maybe a thousand dollars. You're basically just paying the celebrant and for all the legal side of things to legally be married. So then you can just add on from there. Um, you're probably going to want to have your hair and your makeup done and an outfit for your partner, and of course a photographer there to capture the day. So when I talk to couples about eloping, they're sort of the five bare minimum things I suggest you have in an elopement. So let's put the outfits aside. If your elopement sounds like this and you've got these five elements, you're looking at around maybe 3,500 or slightly more depending on the photographer and the packages you choose. And then again, you just add on from there. So if you want to add on flowers, you want to add on food, you want to add drinks, you want to add music or whatever is going to make your day 
uniquely yours and special, that then comes as an additional cost. And what are, when we're talking timing uh, to organise an elopement, it's obviously won't take as long as a big wedding, but sort of what is the lead time required? In its simplest form, you only really need to find a celebrant and register your intent to marriage. So, you know, anywhere from three to 12 weeks, depending on how busy birth, deaths and marriages are. If you're looking at a smaller ceremony with a few close friends and a couple of little bells and whistles, I probably allow maybe two to six months. Plus, that gives you a little bit of time to get excited, excited about it and really enjoy the day. What if you're one of those brides that is, or, or couples that is toying with the idea of eloping because they don't want to postpone again, but haven't yet made the call on whether they do it or not? Yeah. What are some of the benefits of eloping? Yeah, look, I think given the current climate, if you choose to elope, you are going to feel an immediate sense of relief. You will have the emotional heartbreak of letting go of that dream wedding day that you've probably already planned, but you will feel so relieved knowing that you are guaranteed to marry the love of your life on that day, regardless of what the world tries to throw at you. It is 100% going to happen and nobody can stop you. So I think that feeling and knowing that will really help um, and I think it will will make you, I said it, feel a sense of relief. Um, Other benefits of eloping as well is it's really cost effective. It's really intimate. Um, So it ends up just being yourself and your partner and, you know, maybe a couple of close friends. So imagine all the valuable time you get to spend with those few people that you love so dearly throughout the day or throughout the night whenever you're choosing to elope. So you get so much quality time with fewer people rather than having to spread yourself a little thin across a larger group of people. So I think there are definitely benefits to eloping and it suits a certain type of couple. And I think an elopement Mm. can be so beautiful. I love nothing more than when I open up my Instagram feed and there is a photo of a, a group of friends that have just gotten married gone, surprise, we got married, we went and eloped you know, in Italy or wherever yes. it was. Um, I think that it that is, is so beautiful. special um, and amazing. So I think if it's something that you've dreamt of or something you're considering, um, especially now, an elopement is an amazing way to get married this year. Totally. Thanks so much, Ali. And of course, guys, if you've got any more questions about eloping, you can always uh, contact Ali on the Wedbooker Instagram page. You can shoot her a DM and she'll get back to you. Thanks, Luce. Are you looking for your wedding venue and suppliers? Do you want to have all your wedmen in one place? Need some convenient support from Ali, our wedding planning expert? Well, Wedbooker is your go-to, the only place to plan and book your wedding online. Visit wedbooker.com. Ask Ali. We do actually have a couple of DMs. First of all, we have one from Jenna. She says, hey, Ali, my wedding is in the Blue Mountains in New South Wales this October. When should I decide to postpone or push ahead? Oh, Jenna, it's so hard. Um, And we are getting so many DMs of couples in a really similar position. Um, And unfortunately, there is no easy answer. I guess depending on if you're at the start of October or the end of October, this decision is either looking like your wedding is at the current time four weeks away or maybe eight weeks away at a push. So I, I guess it depends again on how many 
guests you have coming from interstate or overseas and how the current restrictions are going to affect your wedding. I'm going to assume that because you're asking this question, um, it's got to affect it in a way that you would possibly be looking at postponing to ensure that your dream wedding could go on. I would suggest that you chat to your suppliers now and see what your options are to postpone. Definitely get a second date on hold with your venue and maybe your photographer because they're the two suppliers that are going to be um, the most booked out for next year and then at least know when your backup day is and I would be trying to make a decision probably in the next week or two just also considering your guests. They're going to need a little bit of lead time to also know if you are postponing. Um, if you are postponing, I'd be suggesting that you're looking at going mid mid next year. Um, if you are going early next year, I probably wouldn't suggest going any time before March. Even then, there still be, could be some sort of risk, but really try and pick a date that's pushed out quite far so that you don't have to face the possibility of postponing a second time. But look, Jenna, good luck. Send me a DM on Insta and I can help you out more directly if you have any follow-up questions. Also, Blue Mountains is such a beautiful spot in New South Wales and, and probably an idyllic spot for a winter wedding. We did a whole episode on winter weddings uh, in our latest season of The Wedding Digest. So just head back through um, the archives and you'll find the episode there and hopefully you'll find that a little bit helpful. Yeah, good one. Um, okay, uh, second question. This is from Tara. How do I style a table setting myself without actually seeing each piece in real life? I'm paranoid. It won't work when it all comes together. Yeah, I guess when you're ordering stuff online, which looks fab, mm. it's hard to know how it's all going to oh, come together. It is it is so hard and this is where a stylist job, I mean, they just really make your life so easy because they're the ones that have the eye or they know what matches and what doesn't. Um, I would suggest maybe having a look at um, Pinterest and deciding what style you're going for from the beginning, which I'm sure you already have. So let's just for um, this discussion say you've gone for a really a navy napkin with golds and whites and that sort of look. I would then go onto Pinterest and have a look at all the other um, table settings that have been done within that similar style and then sort of grab ideas from them and see what really works and what doesn't work or what you like and what you don't like. If you are hiring a lot of your table settings from or your styling elements from one single supplier, that also comes at a huge advantage. You can ask that supplier to set that table setting out for you. So if they put the napkin down, they might put a, a faux or a place place card down for you, the plates and some cutlery and you know, flowers and whatever elements, other elements you're using and they can take a photo for you and they may even be able to suggest a few other ways to style it or some other pieces that they have that might really make that table setting pop for you. Good tips there. Hopefully that helps you, Tara. Um, of course, we'll have some more Ask Ellie's uh, to answer for you next week on the podcast. And yes, guys, again, if you've got a question, make sure you shoot us a DM. Love it. Thanks. Well, that's us for this episode, guys. I hope you did find that uh, useful. And of course, we'll be back in your ears next week with more. Yeah. And if you do have any questions for me or you'd like to be featured on our Ask Ali in the podcast, head over to the Wedbooker Instagram and you can find me there. See ya. Thanks for listening to The Wedding Digest. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any of our upcoming episodes. And if you love what you hear, feel free to leave us a review. If you want to find out more about any of our featured guests or suppliers mentioned, just head to wedbooker.com. You'll find a detailed blog post on each episode.